For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. That was not great. Hey, Colts fans, this is the Believe in Indianapolis Colts podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jake Arthur, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Thank you guys for joining me today. On the show, we break down the Colts' 32-23 loss to the Browns out in Cleveland on Sunday. The defense took a while to settle in after getting pushed around during the first half, and there were times where the offense was just big bad. While the defense rebounded in the second half, the offense just did not bring the right stuff to the plate. Never miss an episode of this show by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It helps us greatly. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. This was a pick'em game coming in, and even though the Colts had been looking good, the ingredients were there for a letdown. Anyone who put money down on Cleveland winning by multiple scores is probably a happy camper right now. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The Colts were down a couple of critical pieces on both sides of the ball against the Browns. Uh, left tackle Anthony Costanzo missed the game with a rib injury, and linebacker Darius Leonard was out with a groin injury. During the game, defensive lineman Denico Autry and safety Julian Blackman both left the field briefly, but they were both able to come back as well. Filling in for Anthony Costanzo was LaRaven Clark. And, I mean, he's had a a shaky up-and-down career. I usually don't want your left tackle out regardless. Uh, We'll kind of get to that here after a bit. Uh, But then filling in for Leonard uh, was kind of a group effort. You had Anthony Walker and Bobby Okariki out there. Uh, Walker, I believe, was at will most of the time with Okariki at Mike. And then Zaire Franklin saw most of the action at Sam linebacker. Up first in this game, and we got to start with this offense. Uh, they had 308 yards of offense, 240 passing, and 68 rushing. It was their second fewest yardage of the season, trailing only the 289 that they had last week against the Chicago Bears. And we all know how ugly that game looked. Uh, it was also the Colts' fewest rushing yards of the season so far as well. They were 4 of 11 on third down, which is just 36.3%, and were 1 of 4 in the red zone, which is 25. 
Again, those are the money downs, and they just continue to struggle there. Uh, honestly, it's been a strength of theirs during the Frank Reich era, and this season it is just not clicking. Something's got to change about converting on those downs. I mean, because that that's where games are won and lost. And as far as the third downs go, it just seems like they get set up for a hard time on a lot of third downs because they run the ball on second down just so often. And you've got to think it's becoming predictable to opponents at this point. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it's just it's something they can continue to go to the well on and it just does not always work out. Uh, passing the ball, Philip Rivers was 21 of 33 for 63%. Uh, he had 243 yards for a 7.4 yard per average. No touchdowns and two interceptions, uh, one of which was returned for a touchdown on the team's opening drive of the second half. Uh, that put them in a, a big hole after they were already kind of trying to climb out of one from the first half. Uh, it was just an out route to the left side that was not on the same page with the receiver and safety Ronnie Harrison just jumped the route and took it back to the house. Rivers was also sacked just once, technically, uh, although he had pressure coming at him on a very regular basis, and he ended up with a passer rating of 60.6. At the beginning of the fourth quarter, while the Colts were down by seven points, Rivers was called for an intentional, intentional grounding penalty out of their own end zone. Uh, while he knows he can't make that pass in the future, I do get his argument. Uh, for starters, they had him going out of play action, backed up deep in their own territory. And for a quarterback who has almost no mobility, you're taking a huge gamble there because he just can't escape, basically. Um, so for him throwing that ball, there was pressure in his face pretty quickly after he finished the play action. So it was basically either get sacked in the end zone or try to get rid of it. Uh, there there were a couple routes trending in the direction of his pass, but they just were not close enough to where he was not going to get that, that penalty called on him. It was a rough day at the office for him, but I mean, at this point in his career, he's hitting milestones all the time. Uh, he hit another couple today. He's now tied with Bruce Matthews at 229 games for the second longest streak of consecutive regular season games started since 1970. Uh, Rivers also hit the 5,000 career pass completions mark, joining Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Brett Favre, and the incomparable Peyton Manning. Uh, a lot of the pressure that Rivers faced throughout the day was coming from Miles Garrett, and a lot of that was when Garrett was uh, matched up with Loraven Clark, of course, who we, uh, we mentioned was filling in for Costanzo. That was going to be such an obvious mismatch that that you had to assume the Browns were going to kind of take advantage of, and they certainly did. You, you know, you want you wanted the Colts to, to give Clark a little bit of help, you know, chipping with tight ends and, and running backs and such. And they did do that throughout the game, but it just did not end up being enough. Uh, Garrett was just constantly harassing Rivers, it seemed like. When the Browns coaches see the tape and calculate how many plays that Garrett negatively affected the outcome for the Colts, they're going to be pretty psyched about that. Uh, technically, on the on the stat sheet, he was given four tackles, one for loss, one sack, and four quarterback hits. Uh, as far as the Colts passing game goes, uh, it, while it wasn't really all that much to write home about, T.Y. Hilton did have his biggest game of the year so far with six catches for 69 yards. 
Uh, tight end Trey Burton and receiver Marcus Johnson were both pretty involved as they were both playing in just their second game of the year. Uh, they combined for eight catches for 86 yards, and Johnson has proven to be the Colts' most consistent downfield threat, dating back really to like last December. And he hasn't even been a consistent member of the team. He's been called up and, and back from the practice squad a couple times now. Uh, while Burton was pretty involved today, the tight ends as a group probably needed to be more involved. Uh, between Jack Doyle and Mo Alleycox, they were targeted just three times. And the one time that Allie Cox was targeted, the ball was intercepted. So uh, we know how much of a playmaker he's been throughout this early portion of the season. Uh, he's He's got to be more involved. That's just something that is going to happen. And there will be times where he's not really included very often, like on Sunday. But at the same time, we're going to see the repercussions of that. Uh, he, he's been Rivers, arguably Rivers' most trusted downfield go up and get a target to this point. So he'll have to be more involved moving forward. As far as the run game goes, uh, it was all right, but they didn't really get to use it consistently throughout the game. Uh, Jonathan Taylor led the way with 12 carries for 57 yards, which is a 4.8 average and a touchdown his third of the year. Uh, he also contributed a pair of catches for 17 yards and he had seven plays total on the day that went for at least five yards or were a touchdown. And uh, two of those plays were for 10 yards. So he looks like he's getting a little more comfortable week by week. Uh, he's still probably leaving some yardage out there, not seeing some things that are developing to the sides of him. But again, that he's a smart guy. I think that's something that will just come along with more film study. On the other side of the ball, it was kind of a tale of two halves for the Colts' defense. They allowed 385 yards of offense on the day. That's 261 passing and 124 rushing. All three of those stats are the most the Colts have given up in a game this season. Uh, they also gave up 10 of 17 on third down, which is over 58%, and 2 of 4 in the red zone, which is, of course, 50%. Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield was 21 of 37 passing, which is 56.7% for 247 yards uh, with a 6.7 yards per attempt, two touchdowns and two interceptions, which were, which were from Bobby Okariki, the first of his career, and Anthony Walker. So your two primetime linebackers filling in for Darius Leonard are out there getting tackles and interceptions. And then uh, Mayfield was also sacked one time, which was from al Muhammad later in the game. And he ended up with a pass rating of 72.7. This was the Colts' third multi-interception game of this season, which as of the end time of their game was the most in the NFL to this point. Cleveland's, Cleveland's got a real nasty pass-catching group, and everyone knows that. And they showed up especially in the first half on Sunday. Uh, Jarvis Landry had four catches for 88 yards. Odell Beckham had five for 58. And Austin Hooper had five for 57. Uh, they were Baker Mayfield's primary receivers on the day. Uh, Landry had a couple of uncharacteristic drops late in the game. Uh, but it wasn't enough for the Colts to capitalize, flip the script, and, and make the, the Browns pay too bad. On the ground, the Browns had 33 carries for 124 yards, which is a 3.8 average. Those are just okay numbers to begin with, uh, but the Colts did even better than those numbers let on. 
Uh, they allowed a couple of chunk run plays later in the game after things were kind of settled that amplified those numbers a little bit. With Nick Chubb nursing a knee injury, Kareem Hunt got the start on the day and he led the Browns with 72 yards on 20 carries. To put it plainly, the Colts defense really got their asses handed to them in the first half. It was 20-10 to 10 going into halftime, but it really felt more lopsided than that at the time. The Browns had 284 yards of offense then, were 6-9 of nine on third down, and Beckham, Landry, and Hooper had already combined for 190 receiving yards at the time. Uh, there was a bit of a controversial play at the beginning, though. Uh, it was the first play from scrimmage for the Browns, and the Colts caused a fumble on Hunt. Uh, he was he was laying on top of a defender, so he technically wasn't down by contact. Uh, but they they blew it dead at the end of the play. The Colts challenged it to to try and get get it fumble and, and overturned, but it just appeared that Hunt's forward progress had been stopped. The refs didn't really explain themselves on that, but that appeared to be the reasoning for it. So the Colts didn't quite catch a break right there. Another theme early on in the game was uh, the Colts got very little pressure on Baker early. He had a lot of time to throw. Uh, Cleveland had a good script starting out of the game. They got him involved in a lot of play-action bootleg stuff. Uh, just a, a lot of stuff that he does well. And they, they must have also thought that without Leonard out there that they could really attack the Colts zones with Austin Hooper at tight end because uh, he was really involved early on and it was it was going successfully. Uh, they really, they found the soft spots in the Colts zones. There were some guys just not fading back deep enough in their zones. And guys like Jarvis Landry especially were, were coming up big. Cleveland also just did a good job of making contested catches too. It wasn't all just bad coverage on the Colts part. Uh, the Browns, they were just there to catch the ball early on. The Colts did tighten things up quite a bit in the second half, though. Uh, they only allowed 101 yards of offense and 12 points, and nine of those 12 points were directly from Phillip Rivers, so you can't even really attribute that to the defense. Uh, they put a lot more pressure on Baker in the second half, so there, there was some sort of adjustment made during halftime in the locker room. The Colts, of course, lost, but some bright spots in the game. Uh, rookie kicker, kick returner, Isaiah Rogers had a 101-yard kickoff return for a touchdown in the second half. It was the first kickoff return for the Colts since 2016, and he's only the second player in the NFL to do it so far this season. Uh, Hilton, as we mentioned, he was a little more involved. That was good to see. Okariki and Walker and Zaire Franklin easily held their own in Darius Leonard's absence. Uh, There's some more special teams goodness as well. Uh, Rodrigo Blankenship hit all three of his field goal attempts today. So he's made 12 out of 14 on the season, including each of his last eight. So I, I know last year, anytime, anytime Adam Vinatieri was, was going up for a kick, we all kind of held our breath because he was just struggling. But so far, so good on Hot Rod. And then punter Rigoberto Sanchez also passed Chris Gardaki for the fourth most punts inside the 20-yard line in franchise history. Uh, Gardaki had 80. Well, that is all we have for you today, guys. Thank you so much for being with me after this very dissatisfying Colts loss. Please remember to subscribe to the show and rate us on iTunes. We can be found on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and more. 
Follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Believe in Colts. And me personally at Jake Arthur NFL on Twitter and Facebook, as well as Jake Arthur underscore on Instagram. You can find my written work with Sports Illustrated at allcolts.com. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer on the show, please send them to me through email at believeincolts at gmail.com or respond when I send out the call for questions on Twitter. Of course, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. I'll be back with you all later this week on our preview ahead of Sunday's matchup with rookie quarterback Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Have a great week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.